You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. Talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning in to this Black Widow-filled episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie, and I'm your host, along with Ryan. Our very first guest we are excited to bring is none other than Eric Pearson, the screenwriter of Black Widow, to talk about his work on this film that debuted this past weekend in theaters and also premiered on Disney+. Plus. I'm sure many of you have seen the film or are highly anticipated to watch it. Uh, if you have not seen it already, please stop the podcast, watch it, and go ahead and listen to it later because there are going to be some spoilers in this episode. Eric Pearson does reveal some spoilers of his own in his interview with Giandra. And in the second segment, both Ryan and myself, we talk about Black Widow. We've both seen the movie, we're excited to talk about it, and we break down our thoughts on the film. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this Black Widow filled episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Thank you so much, Deandre LaBeouf, Black Girl Nerds. Hello, Eric. Thank you Hi. so much for your time today. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. And I love this film. And I was so happy to see uh, Natasha finally get her origin story that we wanted to know all the find out some things that we wanted to know about her background. And so thank you for bringing that forward. Very, very much. So very much. So, um, so, so we have a proper origin story for a very, very beloved character. When you have a character that has roots and comics and, and you have a, a base, what is the jumping off point for you to, to create this story in a way that pays homage to what we already know, but fills in some of the blanks that people have questions about. Well, when I came in to work on this one, excuse me, uh, when I came in to work on, on Black Widow, Marvel and uh, already established the idea that they wanted to do uh, a, a family, a family dynamic that with a little bit of a, they had the idea for a prologue and, and a bit of a getting the band back together, uh, um, you know, dynamic for for the story uh and then talking with scarlet and kate uh who obviously had very big opinions on this that they really wanted to get into the the heart of natasha's character uh and me as like a marvel kind of lifer and and a nerd uh i just kind of was like looking at all the movies that we had and for me i felt like the natasha romanoff from civil war before was was different than the natasha from infinity war forward so in my mind, I was just thinking, what happened to her in, in that period of time? Like Natasha before Civil War was a little bit more restrained. She was more in control. She's surrounded by people who love hearing themselves talk. She never talks unless she has to. She's very in control of how much she's going to let people get to know her. And then I felt like Infinity War and Endgame, she was a little bit more emotionally open uh, and so we had the family dynamic. And then I was just thinking, okay, we've alluded to this dark past so much. We have to go back and look at it and, and take these characters from the life that she tried to erase in her mind and, and force her to confront her past in a way that she can forgive herself for some of the things that she still blames herself for. She thought she could erase from her mind, but can't, you can't do that as a person. So that's kind of how the story, that's, that was the jumping off point. I wanted to, to, have uh, her getting together with these characters from her past force her to to confront it so that she could you know move forward 
as, as a Marvel enthusiast, as you mentioned before, that you were already all the way in, even before the assignment, just growing up throughout your life. When you thought about the character of Black Widow before you even knew what their intentions were of creating this family dynamic, what were your initial thoughts about Black Widow and what you, as a from the fan perspective, wanted to know about her? From a fan perspective, what I want, I mean, it's interesting. One of my favorite kind of things about Natasha Romanoff was the kind of dark mystery. I really, I really like that about her. And I would have preserved that forever if I didn't know that she was going to sacrifice herself. Like now that, now that, that we know where her life ends uh, in Endgame, that made me want to, okay, go into the past and know a little bit more about where she came from. But I, there was something always kind of fun and just in the comics of, of oh, she was on this mission in Asia or she was on that, like you, you there were always felt like you were filling in little pieces of, of her past, but there was always more. It was a bottomless pit of, of secrets and missions and uh, kind of assassinations and all sorts of stuff. So I liked, I liked the mystery in her and the fact that I recently, uh, I rewatched Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it was on TV the other day. <laughs> it's so great. But she, there's a conversation with her and, and Steve in the car. It's kind of, it starts off kind of funny with the, you know, was that your first kiss since 1945? Whether she has a moment of just, who do you want me to be? And there's something kind of like big in her eyes of just like, it's, it was like, I'm a database. I can, I can put on anything. And there's something both impressive, alluring, and kind of scary about that of just like, I'm everyone, therefore I'm no one. Um, mm. And I feel like this, this movie is like, no, you're actually someone. Like you, you, you think you can, you can play everyone. You think you, you've treated yourself as though you're no one, but in reality, you are someone who is, who matters to these people, who is, who ha has done these things that live in your, in your headspace and that you have to kind of forgive yourself for. For really seriously within that knowing of her so that knowledge of self and then as a writer bringing making sure that messaging is coming out a big part of who she is is her physicality her training her athleticism all of those things when you're taking the the pen to pad to shape shape her how does that look in your mind when you're you're you have the story that you're crafting but with Marvel and big films, that's also a big component yeah. of the characters. So do you, how do you write with that in mind? Well, I, I, I mean, cause Marvel's uh, amazing and they're so huge. They, they tend to get the best stunt uh, uh, coordinators and, and fight choreographers. And so the, for action stuff and physicality and stunts and everything, they're going to have people there to do their job. I, as on the page, I try and find the story of the fight or the sequence or the emotion uh, probably the best example is there's there's the scene where uh, uh, Yelena and Natasha meet for the first time as adults in, in in Budapest, and I knew it was in an apartment which hadn't been built yet, so I was just had to envision it in my mind, and I just wrote as many cool fight bits as I could think of, like in an apartment, moving around. I knew it was going to have to be a very fun fight where both Yelena and Natasha had wins, but we didn't want either one to win. And I, I ended it in a bathroom where they smashed through and uh, got a shower curtain around each other's necks and we're both choking each other to, it was going to be a stalemate. And our fight team read that and they were like, oh, this is great. And then they looked at the actual space we had and they had these big 18 foot walls and windows and stuff. And they're like, what, what? So they designed it to be, it was more the character emotional moment of we want to, I wanted to get these two who don't trust each other, but have a, a deep well of emotion for each other because of their shared experience to be face-to-face -face choking the life out of each other, but having to look in each other's eyes. And, and the fight team saw that as like the most important thing and worked the fight in, in an amazing physicality thing. But so, yeah, I, as a writer, I guess I think more of like, what's the story I'm telling? I've got to get these, the story of that fight is we don't trust each other, but there's the, but when we connect, there's still something there uh and and yeah that's that's it i don't have an eloquent way to end it <laughs> no that that was perfect because as you're saying it i'm i'm remembering that scene and how great it was and florence was amazing scarlet was amazing and it just it really set the tone and lastly creating a different sort of tension within this family dynamic we have this tension between 
these two sisters. And then we have uh, the parental figures and, and other people who are causing tension within this family dynamic. Yeah. And from a, from a craft point of view, what is your, like, what does your whiteboard look like? Do you have her at the, you have Scarlett Johansson's character, Blackwood at the center. And then how does your mind work outwardly to create, to bring them in? And they all have their tense moments. Well, yeah, it all, it all started with, cause Natasha's art through line. Um, I will say that there was a Kate, our director, uh, there's the big scene, the family dinner scene, which was the 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 ultimate kind of uh, scary one for me. It's about eight, nine pages long. It not only is like comedy and the culmination of emotional uh, conflict, but it's also there's a lot of like comic book science exposition that has to go on. It's just a hell of a scene to write and very scary. And Kate, uh, a couple of weeks before we started shooting or maybe a week insisted that we all sit down at a table with the four of them very intimidating to have Scarlett Florence David and Rachel just there at a table with their scripts with their ideas everyone shouting them out first day I feel like my head's gonna explode because I, I don't know what to do it's, it's just too much but when I go to bed that night I'm thinking about it and I'm like oh well and I think that that the what happened from those rehearsals is is I got to sit down with their you know, it wasn't Natasha, Yelena, Melina, and Alexi, but it was Scarlett, Florence, David, Rachel. And their energy worked in a way, just being all together that I was like, I could see a little bit more of how they were going to be amongst each other and the best versions of themselves to, 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 to get that energy, to, to get the, the like, oh, okay, so Natasha has uh, established her character as like a very emotionally guarded person uh Florence in the way that she's talking and Yelena seems to be leaning towards I'm just as dangerous but I'm much more emotionally naked and I'm just willing to say stuff and also be sarcastic and and, and just a pain in the balls uh and and uh you know like these these things just kind of come out in a way that made it a lot not easier but just a lot clearer to write these these dynamics and uh I was just so thankful for that time that we got to have together because I feel like it made uh, what I hoped to think was a, a pretty good script and a good scene much, much better. It was awesome. I loved it. Well, I well, thank you, sir, for your time. Uh, wonderful, you. wonderful show. And I was very happy to see it. Thank you again for your time. Oh, thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Black Gunners Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and allow me to quote Iggy Azalea and Rita Ora by saying, and I'm going to show you what's really crazy. You should have known better than to mess with me harder. Gonna love you, gonna love you like a Black Widow baby. I had to throw that in there because y'all remember Black Widow was on the radio. It was on my playlist for a long time. The beat would drop like right at that point. But let me just say this was not created for the Marvel character uh, Black Widow, but I wanted to throw it in today, guys, because we're doing a recap of Black Widow. And when I say we, I have the boss on the mic, y'all, the head Black Girl Nerd in charge. Jamie, how you doing? Hey, Ryan, how's it going? You know, it's going. It's all a Black Black, uh, all a Black Black, all, a black, all about Black Widow. Black Girl Nerd, Black Widow, Black Yeah, well, you know what? This is going to be a long episode, y'all, where I'm just going to be having to do this tongue twist of Black Widow like this entire time. But we're going to make it through because we got we to gotta rant and we got to rave about it. And we got to talk about all the Scarlett Johansson that's going down that we finally got this. I saw a, head, a headline that said uh, Black Widow gives us a character, um, the gives us the, the soul of the character, but it's several years too late is what the headline I saw. And I was like, hmm. That, that had me thinking about like how I felt about the film, but you know what? We're going to get into all of it. We're going to get into all of it for this segment, but Jamie, I want to start with you to get you um, to tell like, you know, what you kind of thought of it, like your first impressions. I know it's been a minute, you know, in the review world, sometimes it's a little bit since you've seen it, but what did you think about it? I loved it. I, I thought it was a, a very good film. There were some, uh, there, there's definitely some flaws. There's definitely some room for opportunity for sure. It's not a perfect film, um, but it's not bad. It's not a terrible film at all by any stretch. Um, it's it's definitely a good Marvel movie. It's a movie that I think is a repeat viewing type of movie that you would want to see over and over again. I think people that will go to the movie theaters to see this will go and see it again. 
Uh, I think fans that will stream this on Disney Plus will go back and fire up that app and watch it again if they chose to do the Disney premiere at home. So I, I definitely believe that Black Widow is one of those top Marvel films that fans of the MCU franchise will love, um, you know, for many, many years to come. And it's the film that we deserve to have as our first female centered film, to be quite honest with you. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, that article with that headline. I, I kind of agree with that. I feel like we, I don't think it's too late. There's there's never too late to have a film like this, but I, I right. do feel like we should have had this film way, way, way sooner than we got. So, um, you know, it is what it is, but I'm, I'm glad that we have it. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's like that the MCU timeline, y'all, is just, it's a lot sometimes because we know we had the delay of COVID. Also, you know, the higher ups, the powers that be that control the MCU universe, they got to, you know, they do what they do where you're like, okay, when you see this film, this amazing Black Widow film, you're like, okay, there is definitely some way you could have fit this in, you know, before now. So we don't know. I, I don't know some of the, I was kind of trying to do some research to see if I can find it. I don't know exactly what the powers that be were thinking when it came to that, other than maybe they didn't want to take the chance on the, the woman being the lead on that, which, you know, time and time again, we know what happens when you second guess that. I think they're learning now. But um, so this was supposed to take place, if I'm right, after Captain after Captain America Civil War. And mm-hmm. it's like right before Avengers Affinity War, like somewhere in that mixture there. And um, we'll get to like how, it, you know, the the maybe the the last scene or the end credit later on. But I think that'll match it up into what happened after Endgame. So it kind of had like different little timeline uh, things within the movie. But yeah, it's just it's just very weird because we all know what happened in Endgame. And the right. way it jumps off, you're like, well, I guess we have to be happy that we have a black, you know, we have Black Widow back in that sense. So I don't know. I mean, it's twofold, but I definitely, I definitely enjoyed it. Love, you know, always love the female power. And I do think, it, yeah, well, I think it was very centric to female um, empowerment that you don't always see in the MCU. Like they kind of hint towards it, but it's never like just centrally about women and being, you know, badass and get to see them fight, you know, and go toe to toe like the guys do all the time. So, um, go ahead, Jamie. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that I like about, um, what Marvel has done with these films over the years, and, and I'm fine that they waited for Black Widow to have her solo film. I'm, I'm not fine that they waited this long, but I'm fine that they waited is because they, they did that with a lot of the Avengers characters. Um, you know, it, it took a while until, you know, Thor got his movie. It took a while until, um, Captain America got his movie. Um, so, you know, I, I think, and, and even Black Panther until he got his movie. So I think that we have to wait until these characters cook a little bit and build a rapport with the fan base and even build some, a bit of lore, um, before we get that story building going, before we give them their own story, that's just great storytelling in my opinion. So I'm glad that right. they did that because what unfortunately, and I don't know, I might get some hate on this online for it. Wouldn't be the first <laughs> time I got hate online, <laughs> but um, I think what failed unfortunately with Captain Marvel is that opportunity was missed. We didn't get to see Captain Marvel cook and she just was thrown into her own film right away. And many of us, I'm going to say those of us that didn't know about Captain Marvel as a comic book character, I mean, I certainly did, but I'm speaking for those that didn't know about her lore as a comic book character, didn't know who Captain Marvel was. So we get introduced to this character, and I don't think that the movie got the appreciation and respect that it could have if they allowed this character to cook in the universe. So I'm glad that Black Widow and that, you know, Natasha was able to have some time on screen with the Avengers for a bit before getting her film, but she certainly deserved it way before Captain Marvel did. And I want to talk a little bit more about the parallels between Captain Marvel and Black Widow, but first, uh, you know, Ryan, feel free to dive in more about the story of 
Black Widow and, and what you liked about the plot and the characters before we go into those parallels, because I think um, there's some interesting, distinct differences here. That is what makes this film very unique. And I think that's going to be more well-received as a female-centric, you know, superhero film uh, that's female-empowered that works, as opposed to a film that tried to do it and kind of missed the mark. Right. And I totally agree with you. That's a good point of this idea of, because people are very much jumping on, like when you're looking online and everything, they're very much jumping on the fact that, you know, right now in this time period, this timeline, you know, why, you know, the film now, but you make a good point. This pulls on our heartstrings a lot. And a lot of things that happen, we're thinking about because Black Widow has stayed with us. Like I, I for one was watching M game, like, well, dang, why Black Widow had to go out? I was like, what? So it, it made you even more intense to want this film to be able to see her story unfold more. Like you said, as opposed to Captain Marvel. I mean, if you're not deep diving into the comics and we're so used to the MCU providing so much in their films and so much, you know, how they, how they do so, do so well with developing their characters, we were waiting for that. So I think that's a good point that I definitely want to get back to, but yeah, let's talk about a little bit of these um, moments here in the film. We start out in Ohio in 1995. We get to see her with her family. I'm doing air quotes that you can't see. And I, you know, and I got excited about this because I was like, oh, we kind of get the, oh, wait, I think I should say too. Should I say spoiler alert? I said it was a recap, but let me just do spoiler alert again. So you guys will know like when to pause and you can like go to Disney plus, watch it, go to the theaters. If you're feeling brave enough, then come back and listen to us. So yeah, I'll do that. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Feel brave enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, if you feel brave enough, go. Now, I will say that I'm noticing a lot of people aren't doing it. So you could look out and get a theater where there's not many, that many people in there if you're still worried about it. You know, so if you really right. do want that like theater experience, I'm starting to notice it's not that bad, you know, as you may think. Like everybody's not so much like, oh, well, let me go ahead and jump back out there. So there you True. go. If you want to go see it in the theaters. But um, but yeah, so we go in 1995 in Ohio. We got Rachel Wise playing the mother. Again, doing my air quotes, Melina. Which she just so dope in this role. I have to say, I really liked her. Jamie, I don't know if you want to add a little bit more about her being a mother. I really, I really liked that aspect of her. It was something, not like she hasn't played that before, but I liked the mystery that was behind her character. Yeah, we'll we'll use mother in air quotes because um, (laughs) she, Rachel, um, I don't know if it's, is it Rachel Wise or Rachel Vice? I always... I'm confused yeah, on the pronunciation watching, of her, um, her Jimmy, name. Jimmy Kimmel and he said and he said uh Vice and then I Googled it and they said why. So I'm gonna go maybe I'll go Vice, maybe I'll go entertainment on it. If an entertainment host said I'll go Vice, yeah, maybe I'll do that then. We'll just go Vice on it then. Yeah, we'll she's that. got a very fancy, fancy last yeah. name. But um yeah. Melina is a very interesting character because yes, you can refer to her as a maternal figure, but um, she, you know, is also a spy and that plays into her maternal role very deeply in this film. Um, she's very, I really just like how there's a lot of depth, character depth to her role in this. And you don't know how to feel about her. One minute you really like her and then the next minute you're like, oh my gosh, I do not like her. Um, I I want to root for her, but no, maybe I shouldn't be rooting for her. Um, and and it's she's a very complex and deeply complicated uh, and flawed character, and I I really like that. And that's the beauty of Marvel. They just they have these characters that are always so flawed and uh, very complicated. They're they're not binary in any way. Like nobody is just black and white. There's always just different matters of gray in these characters to the point where you can do tons and tons of story and content and movie sequels on these characters, and you still haven't figured them out. And um, Melina could definitely have her own film. <laughs> she could only yeah, she could have totally, her own franchise, yeah. and you you still would be like, who is this person? Uh, so I I really enjoyed watching her on screen for sure. Yeah, which by the way, too, I guess in the comics, Iron Maiden. If you guys are big comic kids and want to look it up and and see where they were kind of getting at, although I don't know which for good reason. Like you can only do so much, even though it's like two out or like two hours and 40 something i don't know it's, you know how marvel movies go but it still feel like it's not enough time to get every character 
So yeah. I feel like they were kind of leading up to that. So like just to give you guys that name, if you want to go to the comics and see what's going to happen or what could possibly happen. But yeah, she, Rachel did her thing on this role. I was so, it was very cool to see her in that. Cause I don't know if I paid attention if she's done roles like that before where she's done all the fight scenes and everything. I thought that was really cool and really showed like that sciencey side and you know, she got to use the big words and everything. She's over here training gigs <laughs> and stuff like it was crazy. So yeah. I thought it was I thought it was cool to bring her in that. Somebody else, David Harbour playing Alexi, uh, the air quote dad here in, in this was um he was also another hilarious person that I did not see this character coming like this. You know, thinking he was the uh the USSR captain version of Captain America. Like he would not let that thing go throughout the movie. I thought that was another hilarious element. Just kind of bringing together this odd spy assassin family. I guess is what you would call it. Like it's it's very mm -hmm. odd air quotes about it because they were through together because obviously the government, the um, the KGB, the 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 government had their own idea obviously for these spies what they wanted them to do. So they weren't really a family, but when you're that close in proximity, I I feel like they felt something there. So we're going with the we're gonna see we're gonna still say mom and dad, you know, even though we know there's some other stuff behind that. But I just thought that was so interesting because in the comics with um Alexi, I think. Natasha apparently was supposed to get married to him in the comics and what? you see him yeah I was reading that and I was like this is crazy I was reading the um let me scroll down and find it real quick I was reading the Mar they do like this Marvel full report uh where they break down like the comic characters like if you just google uh Black Widow and they break down the character and mm -hmm. I saw that in there and I was like well that's a twist because apparently you know when she becomes really good you know like a well-trained Black Widow and she's you know she's supposed to marry this guy he's supposed to be a renowned test pilot you know, for the KGB, they're trying to make him the Red Guardian, which we knew he wouldn't. Boy, when he squirrels into that suit, that's another thing I'm going to have to ask you. I'm going to have to come back and ask you back, Jamie. I'm trying to squeeze into that Red Guardian suit. But um, <laughs> <laughs> him, like, turning into this other version of, uh, you know, he's supposed to be trying to rival Captain America and all that credit. But anyway, they were supposed to be in a, supposed to be a couple. And apparently her devastation for wanting to get rid of, like, the Red Room and all that came from something happening to him. So I thought it was interesting that it made it more of, like, a parent, a parental thing than, like, you know, a relationship, which I like. I like more because, you know, how Black Widow gets in. Like, she, she kind of keeps it moving, I feel like, sometimes too much for love in a sense. You know, we had some stuff, you know, in the in the in Avengers land with her and like Hulk. But I feel like she moved, you know, I feel like she's a, a woman like on a mission on the move a lot. So you can't really do like the whole I feel like I, I don't want to say it like you can't have a woman like that have romance. But the way mm -hmm. they're working into the MCU is is different for her character. So but yeah, Jamie, yeah. I got to come back to you on this Red Guardian because him squeezing that suit had me dying laughing. I mean, I felt like, uh, you know, I'm a woman of a certain size. Uh, so I, I felt that. <laughs> I felt that like, you know, I've had those moments in the in the dressing room where I'm just like, uh, all right, let me fit into this. But no, I, you know, David Harbour, I love him. I've, I've loved him since Stranger Things. And uh, he just did a phenomenal job in this role. And I really loved his accent. I just was like, OK, this, this yeah, guy, yep, yep. he's really killing it in this role. So, um, yeah, you know, I. It was to be expected that he was going to come off as really comical and charismatic and, you know, that the one scene where he was like, tell me about Captain America. I was just like, that is so, that is so his character. Um, so I just thought that that was a really cool moment um, between him and Natasha. She was like, okay, all of this time that you've been separated from me and you're going to ask me about Steve Rogers, like, really? Okay. Um so that was a that was like my favorite moment between um David Harbour and uh Scarlett Johansson was that that moment. But yeah, he, yeah, he did the dance thing yeah. in this. I, I really liked it. Yeah. And what do you think about just the general idea of you have the I thought it was such a cool twist on a spy story. Because if you if you watch yeah. enough action, if you watch enough spy movies, it's like the same thing. Like somebody pisses somebody off, like the head of the corporation. The spy wants to just take off and do their own thing. But it was interesting to have them. They're, they're these whole families where spies were implanted that nobody didn't know of. The way they're using the women, you know, to to sneak in these certain areas, using the widows, as they called them, to sneak in these mm -hmm. certain areas, these covert missions. I don't know. I just thought that was such a cool, interesting idea. Not to act like Marvel doesn't always on cutting edge or thinking of something different, but yeah, I just thought that was such a unique idea. 
I thought it was a brilliant idea. I mean, I, I, I love it. I, I'm not familiar with Black Widow, the the comics, you know, her character in the comic books. I, I'm not familiar with the story arc, so I, I'm not going to pretend to, you know, articulate on this at all. But um, Jack Schaefer, who's the writer on this, she did obviously an incredible job with WandaVision. Um, so I don't know how much uh, creative liberty was taken with this plot, if it um, was anything different from the comics or if she added anything of her own to this. But um, I just thought that the writing was pretty stellar and how they uh, pieced together, you know, these missions and the concept of the Black Widows and just the, the spy story and just all of this together. I just I thought it was really great writing and uh, it was a really great storyline between all of the characters uh and it was just it was fantastic and i'm i'm really excited to see you know kind of what's next in black widow's story and 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 the characters of you know yelena um which i I actually want to kind of get to is is florence Pugh. i i have to say florence (laughs) was a bit of a scene stealer here every moment get it florence Every moment between Scarlet and Florence, um, obviously they have really great chemistry, but Florence just was absolutely fantastic. Yes, fantastic. Yep. Uh-huh. I mean, her, her accent was, I almost thought I was like, wait, is she actually Russian? Like she's English. She's an English girl. But I was just like, let me just double check if she's got that in her ancestry. Cause I'm just like, she nailed the accent. Every scene with her was just, I was paying attention to her more to the point where I'm like, I need to see a a, a Florence movie just with her. Just, I want to yes. see her by herself. Like, Yelena, I, I want her um, because she was just that phenomenal and charismatic in this role. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was, it was pretty brilliant uh, the way the, the story came together in this film. Yeah, and I loved um their uh their fight, Yelena and Natasha's fight scene in Budapest. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it right because that was another funny thing in the movie. They were going back and forth on how do you pronounce Budapest. So uh but yeah, when she met her there to kind of find her because she sent her a message, I love that scene because you don't okay, always so I, get to see Go ahead. Okay, so I apologize for interrupting. That scene no, kind of that scene kind of confused me because she sent her there. You know, she sent her right. to come there, you know, via message. But then they get into a fight. I, I was just confused as to hey, wh- why are we fighting? Uh, <laughs> the yeah. fight was amazing, by the way. I, right, I love the, right, right. the fight. I was just like, all right, girls, get it. But then I was like, but why Why are we fighting? You You brought me here, sis. Like, <laughs> what, what are we doing? Well, apparently, when I went back, because I was thinking about that, too. I was like, don't you guys want to give each other a hug? I mean, because you, t- you know, yeah. technically you're not like blood sisters, but you are sisters. Like, you grew up in this whole crazy thing. Like, you guys know the ways of a widow and how it's difficult. But I don't know. I guess they were more, I guess it was more of like, I, I just sent you that message. I didn't want you to actually come and find me. And I want to actually have, have to see you and bring up these emotions of why'd you leave me? So maybe that's why they went in. But I don't know. I don't, I, I was confused that, too. I was that like, was the one moment, like when I was talking about flaws, like that was the the flaw that I kind of had issue with. Cause I was just like, I don't understand why you sent me here just to fight me. Cause it, at, there was a quick moment where I thought, wait, aren't they sisters? Like, I didn't know that they were actually sisters because we went from the past to the present. So I was like, wait, is this, are they strangers or, you know, who is this person? And then I realized, oh, they're sisters. So that's why I was confused as to why they were fighting. And yeah. So anyway, that was, that was a question mark moment. Yeah, I think um I can't remember who the guy was that's um I think he's in he's I by the way, I believe he's in Handmaid's Tale as well too. I can't think of the guy's name. The yeah, one that's cooking her up with all the new tech and it, yeah. He um I feel like he figured out where she was and then Natasha was like, Okay, I'm gonna go there because you know she had the little pictures, the um the pictures of when they were little that was tied to the um I don't know if you want to call it serum, a gas that they were trying to that the that they were trying to move. But yeah, I I guess yeah, I guess you could think of it a sense of really did they really have to do that whole fight scene because they tore that house up and almost threw each other up doing that scene. But I guess it's just that that sister, I don't hate that sister 
almost hatred, not really, because you know they love each other, but it's just like not seeing her for so many years. And it's like, well, where were you at when they were doing da-da-da-da-da to me? Well, this was happening to me, and I was an Avenger. And I love those moments where she's like picking on her about the pose, which I thought was funny. That was funny. So like, yeah, they had a lot of like sister moments. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the vest with pockets, you know, moments were, I love that. I need me one of those vests, by the way. I kind of, I kind of like that vest. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Definitely got to get a vest with pockets. Oh, let me share my, cause you know, you guys know I'm obsessed with fight scenes when I talk about uh, superhero things. So um, Heidi Moneymaker, who Scarlett Johansson stunt double, there is a documentary on um, ESPN Plus called uh, E60 Presents Moneymaker Behind the Black Widow. So if you guys are interested, if you're nerdy, geeky like me and love the action fight scenes and want to find out more because, you know, the stunt doubles put in the work, you know, behind, the, you know, behind the stars that are on the camera to give them their love, too. So if you guys are really curious, go check that out. Um, but yeah, she's been behind Black Widow for like years now, like a decade in the MCU. So if you guys want to learn more about the little stunts and the fight scenes, if you're curious, there you go. That's my little two cents on my little fight scene action there. <laughs> there we go. Um, so look, let's see here. Where do we want to go next after we talk about Florence? Because she just definitely, she definitely stole the scene in this one. Okay, well, let's go to um, the head dude of the Red Room. Um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? I definitely have it here. The, the head bad guy in charge here. Let's see. Oh, yeah, because I do not know his name. Wow. Definitely had it down here. Now I can't. Oh, Ray Winstone? Drakov? Drakov. Thank you. Yes, Drakov. Yep. I don't know why. I don't know how I can forget it because they said it like 20 times. Drakov. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. This is the guy right. that owns a red room that is very crazy that thinks it's okay to use pheromones to control women. You know, why? Okay. But yeah, this is the this is the guy that's just basically he's the guy that does nothing that she, you know, like Natasha refers to him as he uses this little baby computer to control all these women and thinks he's just the most powerful thing and the best thing on the planet. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, Jamie, if you want to dive in here on just the 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 fact that maybe this is getting more into like our women at the forefront of the MCU, but just getting into the fact of him thinking he can control these widows the way he does, the way he alters their brain chemistry, you know, to influence them because he knows if they had their free will, there's no way in the world he gets he gets away with some of this stuff. But just the idea of trying to take that power away from women and the fact that they're still going to come out on the top. You know, women, women ruling the world. Like they're still coming out on top because it's what we learn no matter what. But he definitely did his like damnness to see if he can, can break these women down. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that this was sort of the plot here. Like, um, I don't know. I think it was an, I think it was an interesting plot is the, the mind control, this power dynamic. Cause it plays definitely in real life when it comes to men and in issues of power that they want to control us um, and uh, manipulate us in that kind of way. It's not obviously uh, a physical thing. And they use that in this film uh, because, you know, obviously this is a action hero, fictional, you know, movie, but right. they actually kind of took a little bit, you know, real life kind of parallel elements here with this mind control uh storyline if you will and then um you know manipulation and gaslighting and you know sort of all of these elements that men use in real life to manipulate women and inserted that into this film and i thought that that was kind of an interesting take to to play on here with with black widow so Props to the to the again to the writers on this to to use this as the plot device for for the movie and not always make it about you know physical action and and all of that which by the way this f- film had plenty of it and it was fantastic but uh, I thought that that was an interesting concept to use. Yeah, I just yeah I really love that and the idea of. The, um, you know, the widows being able to save each other too, like realizing right. what was going on and, and coming back to save each other. And then, um, Natasha having to, you know, repent in a way or kind of ask for forgiveness for what she did to his daughter. And, you know, her having to, you know, having to face that because when we see her in that robot, which I'm trying to find the name of that character, I don't think it, 
because it's not Taskmaker. I'm trying to find. I'll keep looking for that for you guys. But the the robot that was going that was going in and found Natasha at the beginning of the film, and we find out that that is um, Drakov's daughter. You know, he oh, right. of course he mm-hmm. loves putting a chip in somebody's head because that's just what he does to control her and you know kind of use that anger that she's probably feeling of what happened to her. To, right to go after uh Black Widow to go after Natasha. So, but yeah, just the i the idea that um these women had to you know put their differences aside because there was a far far more evil uh guy here that was manipulating them emotionally. Like to have not right. have that power over your feelings, not have that power over what you think and what you feel and make your own choices is right. a very important statement and to talk and to show that women can come together to fix that to make those decisions right. i thought was very powerful yeah that women can come together and not be coerced and manipulated by men right exactly essentially the me too movement so when you think yeah. about it in those parallels so yeah it's it's great i mean kind of going back and i, I want to elaborate again with the parallels between captain marvel and and black widow i i what i really liked about this film too that i think that men male fans will appreciate as well about Black Widow is this movie isn't at all condescending to guys. And uh, I noticed that about Captain Marvel. Uh, There were some moments in Captain Marvel where, you know, I think it was even Annette Bening's character that said that, you know, can you fight better than a man or something like that? You know, like little comments like that sometimes you don't necessarily need to say those things. You can just do those things <laughs> without saying yeah. them. You know, um, I forgot what the term is in writing, but it's like follow the bouncing ball. Like there's things that you can actually do without saying, and it doesn't have right. to be condescending to the audience. And And Black Widow just executes that beautifully. And you can have a female empowered film without being condescending to your male audience. And unfortunately, Captain Marvel kind of did that. Um, So I just think that, um, you know, having the women come together and coalesce and, you know, they're fighting and, and, you know, they're, they're beating up guys, but they're not saying, oh, I can fight better than a guy can, (laughs) you know, um, I, I just think that there's really great moments in Black Widow where they're doing that. And um, I think the male audience is going to appreciate that more uh, right. because this should be a movie for everybody. It, and you can do a superheroine film or, you know, a superhero film with a woman at the helm and make it for everybody. Um, so Yes, uh, you know, for listeners out there, for, you know, just heads up to, you know, women writers or male writers that are writing characters, you know, with women leads, like, let this be, let Black Widow sort of be the blueprint. Like, this is, this is how it's done. And um, again, I don't want to bash Captain Marvel. I really don't. I mean, I, I think overall it was, you know, kind of a decent movie but it just kind of failed on a lot of levels when it came to trying to reach its male audience and that's why it got trashed really badly uh by that segment (laughs) of the population uh yeah because it was and i mean i think there was other things i don't think it was just the male audience i mean i i'm not man i'm not a man and i i i think there was a lot of um opportunities that that film you know it could have done better but um but yeah so yeah anyway yeah well I I agree with that and I I think um really my favorite my favorite Captain Marvel moment was in Endgame hopefully I have the right one where she grabs it like she kind of comes in as like the savior like you think you're out of heroes to save everything and forgive me because it's been a long time since I watched Endgame I need to go back and watch it but it's like everything was coming down on them at once and it's like you you felt like you were running out of heroes to save the day and she swoops down and like grabs some kind of spacecraft or something 
that she grabs from um, Thanos or to, or to be able to stop. And I thought that moment was, it's like those pivotal moments in the MCU. And you're like, okay, we'll do that. But give me like, give me that in a, in a film in her, in her other, you know, lead film and make sure like you're saying that it's because, you know, it's not so much pointing on, oh, well, you know, the woman can do this better than the guy or not just the fact that, you know, in general, she's just a badass and can do da 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 and she happens to be a woman. Right. You know, just kind of don't have that, you know, because everybody wants, sometimes they see that, you know, the woman superhero and they just, it's way too much leaning on that. It just needs to become a thing where it's just like, it's it's there and you appreciate the character and you appreciate what's coming to the screen, but she happens to be this woman. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. don't make it so yep. much. Yeah, you know, like with the, as far as like promotion and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they have another they have another opportunity to come back into the in the Captain Marvel. Yeah, world, absolutely. So. We'll we'll have another. Um, you know, shout out to Nia DaCosta, who's going to be directing Captain Marvel too. So yep. hopefully it'll be done a lot better and it'll it'll be way less condescending. Um, and also, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see where we see Monica Rambeau and. Uh, yeah. that part of the universe so shout out yeah, to, be cool. to that um but yeah oh back to by the Widow. way Dracoff's daughter is called the taskmaster i was like what is, yes, what is that taskmaster, taskmaster so, right? so yeah. yeah so find out about the taskmaster yeah you know that but which by the way was very scary the way that she was throwing away natasha romanoff and throwing around black widow i was like lord we don't need i don't know if we need to bring her back up. <laughs> some people might not make it she was pretty scary but yeah, yeah that's cool that was that was cool to see that um um, but yeah, female empowerment loved it about this. Um, I don't know, Jamie. Do we talk about the the after credit scene, or do we just leave it for people? Like, I'm trying to figure out how how spoilery we should get in the in the MCU. I mean, we've already spoiled it. Might as well go into that. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to like pause us again and think about it, then come back. <laughs> so look, yeah, I do a five. Yeah, yeah. I, I think at this point, most of our listeners know to always stay past the credits when you're watching a marvel film oh yeah i really hope yeah i really hope you guys are there because i'm getting tired of seeing people try to run back like i'm like you know already know this you already know this no always stay <laughs> past the credits for a marvel yes film. do always. not be that person having to run back with your popcorn okay stay stay and watch yeah. it do not i i still see people though like i mean it's yes been a i do been too in a theater but i'm like what are you doing why are you leaving <laughs> what is wrong with you they do it every time. And I'm like, you already know this. Like, I'm like, I'm thinking back to like, yeah, b- before um pandemic, everybody always leaves. I'm like, you guys already know. You already know yeah. what they're going to do to us because they want you to stay and look at all that stuff. You already know. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. um, But yeah, yeah it's, it's just funny. So yeah, don't be that person. Yeah, do not run away. All right. So post credit scene, this is catching us up to after Endgame. You know, Black Widow, we lost Black Widow. So we have um Yelena coming up to the the gravesite of natasha with or black widow which makes us all sad all over again there's like all kind of mementos and everything like on the ground and everything and um uh, we get the um i was gonna say uh louis driver's character but that's not what she's called in the film i think it's like valent i think it's valentina is i think it's her is her character name but she keeps popping up at the end of all these um because she was at when she was in a uh, falcon and the winter soldier so it's yep. kind of like she's the she's going to be that cool little link now between popping up into all these different worlds in the universe to kind of find all these characters. So basically she pops up on Yelena and Yelena's like, look, this is my time off. I don't know why you here. What's going on? By the way, she pops up blowing her nose in true fashion of her character <laughs> of this character now. Like just like you saw this lady over here gr- uh, grieving at the gravesite. She's over here blowing her nose anyway. But she pops up and hands her a picture of Hawkeye. And it's like, look, you want a chance at the person that killed your sister, which we all know he did not kill her. We already know what the story is, but mm-hmm. you know how Valentina works and gets down in her life in the universe. So she's trying to get um, Yelena on that tip. Now I'm thinking, you know, we never know because the powers of bees control all this kind of stuff, but I'm thinking we know she's going to be in Hawkeye eventually whenever they give us a release date. So maybe yeah. that's why they wanted to connect it. And this could be their chance to, you know, to do the film, connect to the TV series, you know, the MCU is trying to do now. Like they're trying to take their first step into that, I feel. So we'll see. I mean, I think that might be what they're trying to hint at. I, I love this. I mean, it's almost interesting, too, because, um, you know, I think Valentina, obviously, you know, Black Widow was pushed back. So this film was supposed to come out before Captain um before falcon and the winter soldier so we would have already seen valentina before um falcon and the winter soldier but because this film was pushed back 
we now know who Valentina is because of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we've already built a rapport with this character. So it's now interesting that we see this post-credit scene, which has already kind of built up a storyline of its own. Because we kind of know that she's sort of this like double agent, if you will. She's kind of playing all different sides and she's this villain. And <laughs> right. um, and 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 now she is going to be the villain in, in, in Hawkeye. And she's uh, being she's setting up Yelena to be this uh, antagonist for Hawkeye. Uh, and and it was announced, I believe, a while ago that uh, Florence Pugh was going to be in Hawkeye. So that was no surprise. But I I think the surprise is going to be that she's going to be this, you know, main antagonist for for Hawkeye in, in the series. Since now it's being set up that you know he allegedly killed uh, Natasha, which obviously we know right. that that didn't happen. So right. it, it it is very interesting to see that as the the post credit scene. I, I was excited when I saw her. I was like, "Oh my goodness, this <laughs> is interesting." But I it, it's so it's so interesting how time is set up that way because if we didn't see Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we kind of wouldn't. I don't know. Would we even have really known? who she was. I don't even think we really have. No, we, we wouldn't have really known who yeah, she we was. Yeah. I mean, we would, yeah. we would have known obviously who Julia Louis-Dreyfus is the actress. Exactly. We right. wouldn't yeah. have known uh, Valentina, like her role, you know, her ties in the MCU, like who she is, her character, all of that development from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So again, it's just interesting how things played out because of obviously the pandemic. Uh, that now we're able to connect all of these dots. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think it's, I think it's going to be so cool. And I just love how Valentina keeps popping up. Like, and we, and I love how they like, they're doing it. Like you said, it's very much intentional where we wouldn't know, like you very much have to follow the MCU. Like they love for us to do to get all mm-hmm. the Easter eggs and know who she is. Cause you would have been like, okay, so this random lady going to pop up. And just start blowing her nose. And what is she even talking about? <laughs> um, and, you know, you're thinking um, Elena is out of the game, too, because, you know, we get to see that scene with her and the other widows that get a chance at, like, finally having their own lives and nobody controlling them. So you're mm-hmm. thinking she's not really doing anything. You know, you, we're thinking she's totally out of the business. You know, she has her dog doing her thing. So mm-hmm. to see uh, Valentina show up is definitely going to be cool and interesting. And I think Elena's going to be like a dope villain. I don't know if that's exactly if they're going to take her all the way on the villain tip, but I think she'd be cool doing it. I'm I'm here for it. I mean, again, I um I loved seeing Florence Pugh in this movie. Right, I'm yeah. all for seeing Yelena have her own franchise, to be honest. Um Yeah, that would be cool that, too. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I knew about her being in, in Hawkeye from a while back, but I I had no idea that I was gonna love her so much in Black Widow. So now I'm just like all about Florence Pugh. So I I'm very excited for Hawkeye even more because, you know, when Hawkeye was first announced, I was like, meh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think everybody had that feeling. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's like, it's Hawkeye. It's like, are you going to add anything? I don't know. I felt like you, I was like, are you going to add anything to it? I mean, I know. Like, cause you gotta remember Hawkeye was like barely in the first Avengers movie. Like he, right, was, yeah. you know, he was like comatose through the whole movie. So it's like, <laughs> and yeah, he's like an afterthought. Like he's, you know he's an interesting character. Clint Barton's got his his right, yeah, interesting ways. But for the most part, uh, not that compelling for me uh, personally as a fan. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Hawkeye. I'm not a Hawkeye fan. All right, I'll just be honest. I'm not. <laughs> let me not dance around this. I, I'm not like going to be rushing to the theaters or firing up the Disney Plus app for uh, Hawkeye. I just I'm not that gonna. Yeah, be I'm. I'm gonna wait a little that. bit on it. Um. I'm going to watch it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not like that excited for it as I would any of the other Disney plus stuff that's coming out. But now as much as I love Florence Pugh and her character, Yelena, I'm like, okay, wait a second. Let me get on top of this Hawkeye series. Cause <laughs> I really love this girl. And uh, now that I yes. know she's going to be an antagonist for Hawkeye, I'm all about that life. I'm all about that. Oh, yeah, life. We're ready now. Give us our date yeah. for Hawkeye. We're ready now. Ready I'm, I'm ready because she she is fierce. She is something fierce. And I think um, 
you know, it, it ain't going to be an easy uh, road for, for Clint. Like she is mm. not going to be an okay. easy antagonist uh, for him to deal with. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting series for sure. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to cross our fingers for Clint. Yeah. Look out, Clint, look out. We don't know what's coming for you. <laughs> oh, but look, I want to put this as we kind of, as we kind of close on this and kind of wrap this up. I want to put this little spin on it. Cause I saw this out in the, in the social media worlds of it all. What if they would have bought, uh, would have brought back Natasha in that scene, like had some kind of a little weird scene to bring her back. We all know we're in the next phase of the MCU, but we also know that MCU fans like to throw out a, what if this could happen and how they can work it in. So I'm curious, Jamie, what you would have thought of if it would have been instead of uh, Valentina blowing her nose, we'd have got like some footsteps or the, the, uh, the bird call that they share between each other with uh, like Natasha coming out from behind a tree or something like that. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, that would have been interesting. Yeah, like I don't know how they would do it. Look, I have not, like I said, I haven't read enough Black Widow comics, so I don't know if that is a if that is an option or a possibility to know. But I'm just curious, like, because I did see that floating out there. We all know what's we all know the MCU is moving on to next phase. But what if they would have brought her back? Like, hey, we see how the fans feel. Let's do something different and bring her back. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that. I, yeah, I I feel like she's got she's got to be brought back in some way. I don't. I don't think Natasha's going away anytime soon. I don't. I don't either. Scarlet, Scarlet's very young. She's. You know. She's still got a lot of. <laughs> uh, she's still got a lot of life left. Uh, she's still got a lot of um, room to grow in her career in in the MCU universe. It's not like she's like Robert Downey Jr. You know, like yeah. Uh, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like he's kind of at that age where he's kind of ready to retire his role as Tony Stark, but. Um, and I think even um, even though he's not that old, I think uh, Chris Evans is kind of ready to uh, retire his role as, as Steve Rogers. Um, right. But I think Scarlett Johansson, uh, I think she's still got some life left. And plus, you know, she hasn't she just started like Black Widow's only got one movie under her belt. The other guys got like three and four movies under their belt. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like gosh it's like come some, on yeah give her give her a couple of more films you know to go before we um let this one go so yeah it'll be interesting speaking of what if the trailer just came out for that this past week Did you Ooh, watch yeah that? i gotta check it out i haven't seen it what you think what you think i haven't seen it yet it was the animation is beautiful i i loved the animation and you know marvel It'll be very interesting to see how Marvel does with the animation because historically Marvel's animation has not been the best. I'm I'm more in preference to DC's animation uh, right. and, and the way they've handled their series. So, um, but this looks great. I mean, obviously it's going to, it's going to be good anyway, because they have the voices of the actual actors, you know, doing the characters. So yes. Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Um, you know, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. It was great. And the the yeah, trailer. Well, I gotta, I gotta go check it out. So yeah, these these Marvel yeah. things they gonna keep it coming, and you know we're gonna try to get you as many recaps and rants as we can. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Cool beanies. Well, yeah, that is a wrap on the Black Widow of it all. Please go see it, you guys. You will not be disappointed. It's so even though it's like the MCU timeline have you tripping a little bit. You're going to love it because, you know, it's got, you know, <laughs> Natasha doing the thing. It's got a floor or no, I was going to say Florence. It's got Yelena doing her thing. So mm-hmm. and black and, um, you know, I mean, it's just Black Widow. I mean, come on now. We know how she got done in game. So you just got to show you got to show up and show your support. So she gets her other two or three films. Oh, uh, and by the way, can I just say, <laughs> um, can we just throw a big L at Steven Dorff? Because I'm just like. You know, bruh, I, I get that you um haven't acted in like whatever amount of years or whatever, and you are better because nobody's giving you work in this business. But don't be throwing shade at Scarlet and this movie. Yeah. Because ain't nobody from Marvel haven't hired you since Blade. Like, bruh. Yeah, let stop. it go. Let it go. Yep. Stop. And don't be criticizing a movie you ain't seen. 
Exactly. That's all I'm Go see the movie first. See, this why we t- see, see the movie. This is why we do these reca- recaps. Go see it. Go see it first. You can't be judging stuff you ain't seen it. Go see it. So I just wanted to throw that out. Thank there. you, thank anyway. you, Jamie. Set people straight. Okay, go see the movie first before you try to rant and talk about chalk junk about it. <sighs> okay. Piece of work. People are a piece of work. Just go see the film first. God. See, yes, please, please see the movie before you trash a movie. That's one of my biggest gripes about people online. Guys got to see the movie first, then trash it. If you've seen the movie and then you don't like it, feel free to trash it. Exactly. But go see it first. Like, come on now. Just get get the money and, you know, pay the people because it's the cast, it's the crew. They putting in their work. Just go see it first before you're going to trash it. If you if you have seen the movie and you don't like it, then great. But if you've not seen the movie, that I don't understand. Yep, <laughs> I really See, don't understand. You got it from the boss right there. She's trying to tell you. She's trying to tell you people what to do. <laughs> so get it right, all right, and do it, and go check out Black Widow and Jamie. Thank you as always for ranting with me, for laughing with me, for talking anything superhero. I appreciate it. Right, and we will talk to you guys later. Okay. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Spotify.